Welcome to Life in Balance. I'm Ken Miles, pastor of Kitchener-Waterloo Christian Fellowship. We all know that life can be hectic, and sometimes its demands can pull us off balance. The good news is that God has given practical insights in His Word for keeping life on an even keel, despite the pressures we may face. This program is designed to help us understand and apply God's wisdom in our everyday lives. Good Wednesday, everyone. It's good to be with you today. Now, if I sound a little differently than I normally do, there's nothing wrong with your radio. It's just for the last few days I've had a hoarseness in my voice, so I'd ask you to bear with me today. We have been talking about peace and how we are to make it and how valuable peace is in our life. It's so valuable that the Scripture says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 18, if it is possible... As much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Now, many times we don't want to admit it, but a lot of whether we live in peace or not does depend on us. Many times it's our reaction to situations that escalate the problem and the conflict and destroys the peace that we desire. We were looking yesterday at the third ingredient that is needed in order to make peace. The first one was that we were to submit to authority. The second ingredient is that we are to hold our peace, hold our tongue, don't contend. And this third ingredient is that when personal insults come, we should treat them as an assignment to return blessing. Now that is very difficult to do in the natural. We need supernatural help to do this. And of course, God provides that supernatural help. He gives us His Spirit. His Spirit is placed within us, and it produces fruit. And there is a list of the fruit in Galatians chapter 5 that says it's love, and it's peace, and it's long-suffering. In this list, long-suffering follows this aspect of peace. So if we're going to have peace, you have to be able to suffer long. Now yesterday we saw that Jesus talked about this in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 39. And he says, But I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. What Jesus was talking about here was not so much physical slaps, although it applies to that, but he's talking about emotional hurts. He's talking about the insults that come our way that we feel are a real slap in the face. Jesus says when this happens, that we should turn the other cheek. We should remain vulnerable. We should not cut ourselves off from the other person. We should absorb the pain of the slap and maintain our openness to the other person. Why do we do that? Because peace and the relationship are more valuable than the hurt of the slap. I tell you, this is something that we really need to get into the fabric of our thinking. How valuable peace is. Jesus came to bring peace. He showed us the recipe of peace. He showed us that to bring peace between God and man, he had to absorb our sins and our wrongs in his own flesh and die on the cross. And if we are going to have peace with one another, we have to follow the same example. This is why we don't just normally have peace with people, because this following of Christ is for his disciples. 
And it's not just our own efforts alone, but it's allowing His Spirit to come inside of us and to transform us from the inside out where our mind is renewed and we begin to think differently in these kind of situations. I'm amazed for what people will sell their peace. They fight over the most insignificant things. I mean, really, in the grand scheme of things, money is not that important. But people will fight for it. I remember counseling a couple years ago, and they were having problems, and there were so many conflicts in their relationship. And they came in, and this particular time, they were fighting over an allowance. She wanted to have a certain amount of money that she could just spend at her own discretion, and the husband didn't want to give it to her. And they were just at odds over this. I mean, I could see it in their eyes and their faces, the tension that was over this. And I finally said to the man, after he was bemoaning the lack of peace in his life and how much stress he was under, and I said, you know, if I said to you right now, if you give me $200, you'd have peace. I said, would you do it? He said, I certainly would. And I said, that's what the difference is between you and your wife. It's only $200. And yet you are willing to sacrifice peace in your relationship because you would rather have the $200. When he saw it in that light, he had a different view. But I really need to have our thinking changed in this. I remember another time talking, we was going through a divorce, and and in the process of the settlement, they were fighting over $20,000. And I remember saying to this man, how much is your lawyer going to cost for you to fight this? And he said, well, quite a bit. And I said, and how much animosity is this going to cause between you and your ex-wife? Why don't you just give up that $20,000 for peace, for an ongoing relationship with your ex-wife that would be more pleasant and there would be more goodwill between you and your family? Now, to this man's credit, he did it. Now, you might think, that's a lot of money to give up. But I tell you, did he really give it up or did he invest in peace? And I tell you, when you put peace first, you're never going to go wrong. I mean, God is well able to bless us back beyond what we would ever sacrifice for peace. I mean, we need to realize that God is bigger than our circumstances. And when we commit things to God, He is well able to bless us back far and beyond whatever we sacrifice. I mean, this is the principles of God's Word. If you leave God out of the equation, we'll then fight for every nickel. It's all going to depend on you. But when God is in the equation, then we can follow the words of Jesus, where he said it's better to give than it is to receive. He is able to compensate us far more than what we could ever do on our own. And I remember this gentleman coming back to me later and saying, you know, that was the best advice that you ever could have given me. Why? Because he has a relationship now with his ex-wife and family that is peaceable. And God has blessed him back in other ways far more than if he had just tried to cling to that measly $20,000. Do you see the big picture here? Don't get short-sighted. Don't sacrifice your peace for a few dollars. You will never be impoverished by pursuing peace. So with this as our backdrop, let's go on to the main point of this third ingredient. And that is... When personal insults come our way, let our response be to return back a blessing upon that person. Listen to what First Peter 
chapter 3 and verse 8 says, Finally, all of you, be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tender-hearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Do you see what this is telling us here? You see how all of these things we have talked about thus far fit together here? Peter writing here says, if you want to love life and you want to have good days, well, refrain your tongue from evil. You see, that was the second ingredient, to hold your tongue. It says, let them turn away from evil and do good. Let them seek peace and pursue it. Now, how do we do that? He says, by having this kind of mind within you, where you have compassion for the other person, where you're seeing it from their point of view. You're not just looking at this from your own point of view and how this has hurt you and what you have to give and what you have to sacrifice in all of this. He says, have this kind of mind, have this kind of thinking, that you have compassion for the other person, where you love the other person, where you're tender-hearted, where you're courteous. And then it says, not returning evil for evil, or reviling for reviling. Now listen, evil's going to happen to us and there are going to be times when people speak against us. What should we do as Christians when this happens? This verse says, don't return evil for evil, don't return reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, we are to return blessing. This is our assignment. When these things happen, we have an assignment. And our assignment is to bless in return. In other words, do something that benefits them. Maybe it's behind the scene. Maybe it's obvious. But you do something that will profit the other person. This is contrary to every natural thought and reaction. We want to return evil for evil and reviling for reviling. But the distinctive teaching of Jesus is that when we have evil done towards us, we don't resist it. That we love our enemies. That we do good to those who despitefully use us. When was the last time you were despitefully used? When someone just mistreated you in such a way that anyone else looking on would have said, man, that is just terrible. What should your response be? Do you fight back? Do you return the same that you received? Do you give an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth? No. Jesus says, pursue peace. He said, the way you do this is by returning a blessing. And this is what we are called for. Listen, this is how we show ourselves different from the world. This is completely unnatural. You cannot counterfeit this. This can only be done when you have a faith and a confidence in God, where you will bear the hurt within yourself, where we begin to follow the example of Jesus, where he died on the cross for us, and now we begin to do the same thing. We bear the hurts of other people. We take their sins upon us, and we, in turn, bless them back. I tell you, when this happens, it gets the attention of the world. They say, what is this all about? And the amazing thing is that this is powerful 
in changing the situation. I mean, what broke our hearts? Not because God threatened us with eternal judgment if we didn't follow him. I mean, that was a reality that was going to happen to us. But the law didn't change us. The scripture said the love of Christ constrains us. When we saw that Christ bore our sins, took all the abuse and the mockings of people around the cross, and he died for us, that breaks my heart. That's what causes me to love him. I love him because he first loved me. Now, folks, this is what this scripture is telling us. We have an assignment every time that we are wronged. And the assignment is, do good to this person now. Bless them in some way. This is how we fulfill the scripture that says, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Well, that's all the time that we have, but we will continue this tomorrow. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. We would love to have you join us this Sunday for one of our services. The times are 9.30 and 11.30. Just go to our website at kwcf.org to register and to check out all our other activities. We have events for children and youth and people of all ages. Our mission is to connect people with God and each other so we may fulfill our purpose. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.